Welcome to Chase Family Church. You're about to hear a message from one of our Sunday mornings, and we pray that God would bless it to you and to your family. I want to take a short moment today to talk to you about God's peace. Okay. Um, something I think is worth talking about, especially at a time like this, but also with, regardless of whether it's we're going through a pandemic or not, and thinking about God's peace in terms of life generally. Um, like you, I would have seen you would I've seen what um, government had to say about how things are changing, um, and you know, accompanied with if things don't improve, things may change, and even more. And you might well feel like oh, we're going backwards when we look like we were going forwards. That could bring disappointment, um, you know, on a, on a social level, holiday plans are being cancelled, whatever. But beyond that, the effect of what this pandemic is having on our society, on, on, on work situations, finances, family life. Um, perhaps you can identify with some of those things, and perhaps there's things I haven't said that you're going through. But the fact is, we're having to do life differently now, and that can be a challenge. But the reality is that in our lifetimes, we are at some point will face disappointment and difficulty. Whether it's to do with the coronavirus or not, whether we are Christians or not, this can lead us to become afraid and anxious and rob us of peace. But the truth is that as Christians, we can know the peace of God and his presence in these moments right now, but also whenever we face difficulty. So today I want to look at what the peace of God is uh, what it's like, and how we can get it, okay? So to answer the first question, I'd like to turn to Philippians chapter 4. This verse is like a favorite pair of jeans. It's well-worn, but it's good. It's uh, verses 6 to 7, and I'm sure a lot of you know it, but I'm going to read it to you anyway, because it's always good to read the Word of God together. So Philippians 4, uh, 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, I'm going to try and describe the peace of God to you, but I've just read it transcends all understanding. I'm going to give it a go. And this might sound like a really odd explanation, but have you seen the latest money supermarket adverts? with The money can't ball. I really like him, you know, where he's like riding the asteroid into a completely chilled out or when he's falling from the top of the skyscraper and everyone else is panicking around. This bull is the epitome of calm. He's chilled out. All because his bills, not that he's got bills, but his bills <laughs> are supposedly sorted. And that made me think that, you know, the peace of God, I'd, I'd, I'd describe it as an assurance, a sense of security and a state of rest that comes from faith and trust in God. When the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds, we are not anxious, we are not afraid. We do not need to be because we trust God. We acknowledge God is in control. We've prayed today about the situations around us, and I love that. We were able to bring our requests to God. We've worshipped, we've come before God, we've put prayed, um, we've prayed and we've made requests to him because he is the one who holds all the strings. He is in control. We can walk through these difficulties knowing he is with us and he's not going to abandon us. And so to carry on, I'm going to um, just look at 
certain aspects of this piece, specific elements. And the first one I'd like to talk about is peace regarding our future. The Bible tells us that humans, man, we were made by God to enjoy a relationship with him. Okay? And that was our original purpose, and it is still plan A. There's no, there's no like, okay, that didn't quite work out, let's try something else. That is still God's intention for us, is to know that relationship with him. The fact is, you know, we as, as people, I've done it, we've tr we try so hard to find things in this world to plug a void inside of us or like a hole within us. Maybe it's fame, maybe it's, it's money, maybe it's things. Maybe it's the success of your football team. Not that I'd know, I'm a Tottenham fan. But, um, so I'm used to disappointment. But we've tried all these things to try and plug a gap inside of us. And, you know, when we get, if we get the money, if we get the fame, if we get the things we've been after, the fact is we are still left with a hold inside of us. The gap remains because the gap can only be filled by having God in our lives. The problem is, however, that we turned away from God and rejected him, choosing to do our own things, and that's called sin. This sin drove a barrier between God and us, and introduce death into the world. But because of God's love for us, for us, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to take the death penalty in our place. He died on a cross, and at that moment, the penalty for our sin was paid once and for all. He took our place, okay? And I don't know if you've ever seen, maybe you've watched The Passion of the Christ, and you've sort of seen dramatizations of it, but he, he went through the most gruesome of deaths. Okay. He went through the shame, all of it for us, for you and for me, okay, because of his love. We're going to look more at his love shortly, but I just wanted to emphasize this. I often look at the world, and I don't have all the answers, so if I, if I, if I come across like I do, it's not true, but I often hear arguments against God. Why doesn't God allow this? Why can God sort of say that's, I want to do that. It's like, you know, there's this idea that what's okay for me is, is, is fine as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else. But God's truth is God's truth. It always has been and it always will be. And it's hard to accept sometimes, especially in today's world when things are a lot different to the times when the Bible was written. I cannot get away from the fact that at the heart of my faith is the fact that my God died for me. He walked the walk. I don't have all the answers, and some things he asks of us are challenging. But he said, I'm going to put, you know, I don't know if this is the best expression, but I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to walk the walk. I'm going to do what you cannot do. I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not prepared to do myself. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm happy to follow a God like that. He didn't only die, right? he was raised from the dead in so defeating death. Death was not the end anymore. It is not the end anymore. It doesn't have the final say. All right, this body I'm in right now will die one day. But those who believe in Jesus will be raised from the dead like he was to live forever with him. No more death and no more pain. Eternity with God. We are made right with God because we believe that Jesus Christ the Son of God was crucified, taking the punishment for our sins. He was raised to life again. 
We are justified through this faith, not by our deeds, not by our performance, but by our faith, the gift of God. If you've got a Bible, uh, I'd like you to turn to Romans chapter 5. I'm just going to sort of look at this uh, being justified through faith a bit more, and also God's peace. Uh, I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 11. So, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Thank you so much, Lord. While we were still sinners, so that, you know, while we were here as enemies, yeah, that's when he died for us. Not when we'd already sort of signed up like, yeah, look, you know, we'll, we'll be good, God, if you die for us. No, he, while we were still his enemies because of sin, that's when he died for us. To dem- his love is demonstrated in that. Since we have now been justified, he goes, Paul goes on to say, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We have peace with God, and we can have peace because we are assured God's love for us, demonstrated by Jesus' death for us while we were still enemies. We can be confident because we have our relationship with God restored. It's been made right again because of what Jesus did on the cross. We can take confidence knowing that we will be raised from the dead. We know that we will not be disappointed when we place a hope in these promises because now, even now, the Holy Spirit pours God's love out into our hearts. In other words, Because we understand and know the love of God for us in the present, we can be confident that the promise he's made about our future will come to pass too. And this assurance also enables us to put things into an eternal perspective. You know, our time on earth is incredibly short in the context of eternity. I mean, I don't know if you would... It's impossible to express because eternity is exactly that. But... But this might right now what we're in right now might feel. I mean, I'm you know I remember being a kid thinking I'll never be an adult, and then it's almost like the next day I'm here and I'm an adult and I've got kids and I'm paying a mortgage and all that stuff. But you know, the fact is, this time isn't that long, and this time isn't marked with pain, disappointment, and suffering. But it's going to pale in comparison to the eternal inheritance Christians are going to enjoy. Okay. The Apostle Paul, whose letters to the early churches give us much of the New Testament, um, 
he was no stranger to suffering. Okay. <coughs> Amongst other things, um, on, his, on his missionary journeys around uh, just spreading the word, Paul was beaten, uh, left for dead, uh, imprisoned several times, um, shipwrecked. He was deserted by those who, was wor- who were working with him. And eventually he was executed um, all whilst serving, serving God. Yet the same man wrote uh, in the second letter to the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians 4, 17 to 18, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. This is the bit that gets me. For our light and momentary troubles, everything I've just said, um, we are, are achieving for us in an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, what's unseen is eternal. What we're going through right now, coronavirus and mm. all these things, and even throughout life, the pain we go through is temporary. Okay? I don't know your situations, and it might be easy for me to say that, but I want to, if you bear with me, you'll see that God is with us in those moments. It's not just a case of me saying it and, you know, a nice little soundbite. God backs it up. You know, whilst we go through these difficult moments, we don't go through them alone. But in, in eventuality, we're going to live forever with God, and there won't be any more pain. There won't be any more death. Paul and his mission was focused on the unseen. The man who was you know, setting up churches, writing to him, encouraging him, he was living it out. He knew what he was talking about. And that's why he was able to say what, he's just, what he wrote in, in that letter. He, he calls us, like he did, to walk by faith in God's promises of what's to come and what, what's happening now, not, and not just by what he could see in the, in the present. We can have peace knowing that God is in control. Another thing I'd like to share with you, uh, just it's a quick verse in Romans, Romans eight twenty-eight. I hope I've put my bookmark in the right place. I've written it down here, so I'll just read it here. Romans eight twenty-eight says this, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. This is Paul again, by the way. We can see how our present sufferings are used for our eternal benefit. They are used to develop perseverance, character, hope. And it might not be much fun to go through. In all honesty, it might be really, really hard and really painful. I don't want to brush that away. I don't want to, I want to acknowledge that because that's real life. But again, God may gives me confidence. What I'm trying to say is when we go through these difficult moments, we can be assured that, again, they're not going to last forever, but God doesn't let anything go to waste. And even though we might be going through something which is really tricky and really hard, God is using it for our benefit, our eternal benefit, our refinement, development of our character, bringing us more to a spiritual maturity. Even those things that are intended to harm us, God will use Good. Now that is a staggering promise, and one I want to say thank you, Lord, for. And finally, I also want to say that Jesus promised to be with us always, even to the end of the age. That's in Matthew. And 
you know, Jesus, as I sort of said, because he's, he's gone through the cross, he was a man, he walked on earth. He is not an ignorant of the human condition. He's not ignorant of the things we face. And he is with us in the midst of it. I'm going to read again from Philippians chapter 4. Towards the end of this letter, Paul writes this. From, I'm just going to read from verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, but I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in, living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who, gives me, who strengthens me. There comes a contentedness when we follow Christ and we know his peace, which you know, involves living our lives uh, for him and not for ourselves. And the Bible talks about contentedness being a great gain. Paul had got to a place where whether he had loads or nothing, he had peace. He knew that God was still God and he trusted God. I really enjoyed the video of um, the, the dude on the skateboard helping, asking to build on, asking God to help him build his foundation on God and to be more like him. And that's my prayer today. I don't know about you, but that's how I want to be. Because when we build on the foundation of God's promises and his truth, we will be more, will be more like, uh, rather than oscillating up and down, we'll be more like a steady line. We're able to endure, able to have a peace regardless of what's right in front of us. And, you know, I tell you, people will see that in you and they'll be drawn to Jesus. Because people, we are all, we all crave peace. We all want to have peace. No one wants to be afraid. No one wants to be anxious. Okay. But you know, and what I'm here to say is when you're in God's kingdom, which is marked as righteousness, peace, and joy by the Holy Spirit, then you can have that peace. This, the very thing is, the world may say to us, we need to seek our own needs and goals peace and happiness but the Bible tells us the opposite is true it's only when we commit to live our lives for God putting his agenda first and preferring others to ourselves that we will really know true peace and joy I'm going to wrap up very soon but it's just a couple more things I want to say um, in the verses that um, when I read at the start be anxious for nothing I've often well you know it says be anxious there's an action there be anxious for nothing. There's a choice. It's not an automatic thing. We have to be anxious. We have to choose. Be anxious for nothing. In another place, in John 14, shortly before Jesus was crucified, he said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled. and Do not be afraid. There's an action. Do not let, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be anxious. Do not be afraid. We need to allow God's peace to guard our hearts and minds. I found a quote online, um, which I found kind of described this quote. I'd just like to share it with you. Living in peace can be compared to the petals of a flower unfolding in the morning sunlight. The petals of peace in our lives unfold as we learn more about God. We discover that his character is always faithful. We experience his continual goodness. We read more 
of his promises. We learn to bask in his overwhelming love for us, a love that nothing can separate us from. We refuse to allow ever-changing circumstances to determine our level of contentment, relying instead upon the character of God that never changes. From this place of understanding who God is, we put our trust in God, uh, we experience his love, and we can know his peace in our lives. That is why we can choose not to be anxious and not be afraid. We are confident that even though things aren't easy sometimes, and we might not understand, I don't have all the answers, but God is in control, and he is for us, and he loves us, and he'll be with us always. Last question, how do I get God's peace? Come to God. Romans 10, 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The word also tells us, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shortly invite you, if you're, wherever you are, whether you're tuned in online or here today, if you're at a place where you want to be a Christian, I'm going to shortly read out a prayer. Okay? And I'd like you to, if you want to know Jesus and make that decision to follow him, I'd like you to pray it. Okay? Where you are at home, just say it with me, or say amen at the end. And if you do that, then um, I'd ask you just to, to make a note in the comments, um, or wherever you're watching it, there'll be details to follow it back to the church website where you can find information to get in touch. Okay? Um, I'm just going to go ahead and do that. Because I think we've heard what it is to be a Christian. We've heard about God's peace, what he's done for us. And if you're in a place where you want to respond, and maybe you're not there yet, maybe you want to ask more questions, that's, that's great too. Please do get in touch. We'd love to spend some time talking with you and giving you information. But now I'm just going pr- to pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. In your name, Amen. As I said, if you prayed that today, please get in touch. If you've got questions, again, we'd love to hear from you. We're going to have some more time to worship together now, so I'll hand back to the band. We hope you enjoyed listening to the message today and pray that it would bless you in your life. And if you have any questions you would like to ask, then please email info at chasefamilychurch.com.